Hey, it's Friday, March 8th. This is Matt Trueblood. I am outside and loving it for once lately. Uh, It's like 31 degrees or something uh, here in the suburbs of the Twin Cities, but uh, by our standards and by the standards of the last few weeks, that is downright balmy. So I'm soaking up the sun and we've got some cool rules changes to talk about, although not in the major leagues. It's part of the partnership that the major leagues established with the Atlantic League, sort of the top independent league in the country. Um, And those of you on Twitter, which is probably literally all of you, have already seen these. So I won't spend too much time introducing the concept or the reasons, but let's talk through a few of them. Firstly, I know a lot of eyebrows are raised at the ban on defensive shifts. They're just essentially requiring two infielders on each side of second base when a pitch is delivered, Uh, which to me seems not remotely (laughs) like something that will matriculate to MLB. Uh, Teams in the majors just do not want it. The commissioner wants to see what it's about, wants to send up the trial balloons, some fans and old media and some players would like it but it's not it's anti-strategic it's difficult to enforce this honestly is about as toothy an enforcement as i can imagine in the majors and even that is you know how much of an enforcement is it you're going to have your shortstop with a big left-handed slugger at the plate lining up just to the left of second base and then once the ball's in flight, he's going to be moving to the right side. The second baseman's still going to be playing deep uh, and shifted toward the hole. These things aren't really going to change that much. So it's a low-level rule change that, again, I I wouldn't expect to even see eventually end up making it to the majors. But it's probably the one I'm most against, so maybe I'm thinking wishfully there. The one that's probably caused the most consternation, especially on baseball Twitter, is that they're moving the mound back two feet for at least part of the season. I feel like it's, I feel like I saw that it's half of their season will be played with a standard mound, 60 feet, six inches, and the other half with a 62 foot, six inch uh, distance between the mound and the plate. There are legitimate concerns around this. The one I've seen expressed the most is that There are a lot of guys in this league who are trying to pitch their way back into affiliated baseball and that this could wreck their chances. I saw one player who's already signed for the Atlantic League, you know, tweet something about, well, my ERA is going to double this year. So if you think this is going to let me back into the affiliated ball, no. But a few things. One, I think players in those leagues need to accept that the leagues are not there for them to get back into affiliated baseball. That may be an inducement that teams in those leagues can offer to those players, but it's not the purpose of the leagues. Those leagues are entertainment products, making profits. Most of the guys in those leagues are being paid better than players who aren't on the 40-man roster who are hanging around in double A. So they're doing something a little bit different than a prospect in affiliated baseball. 
And if they weren't, you know how they would know? Because they'd be in affiliated baseball. I'm not unsympathetic to what they they want out of the league, but it's just not realistic that these leagues that don't exist for the purpose of player development are going to make all their decisions based on player development, especially when MLB is offering them money uh, and a valuable partnership of sorts to do something different. Secondly, no one is scouting you based on your statistics in the Atlantic League except maybe other independent leagues. You, you know, it may help if a scout shows up at the park, sits down with the roster, looks and sees which players are performing off the charts statistically. But teams aren't signing guys out of indie ball because you're crushing indie league pitching or because you're dominating indie league batters. They're signing you because they're watching you and seeing some kernel of talent that could lead you back to the major leagues. And that kernel is still going to be there if you're pitching two feet farther from home plate. Your numbers will probably be different. But if a scout shows up and sees you doing something that could be at a big league level, that's what's going to get you signed. Not your strikeout totals. Not your ERA, for damn sure. So I want to observe that, and I also want to say, look, MLB and the Atlantic League agreed to this because it's mutually beneficial. We talked about how it benefits the Atlantic League. We can talk about whether or not it's a change that we expect to see in the near future in MLB. I think it's going to be a little while. But I do think eventually the mound has to move back in Major League Baseball. I'm not the only one arriving at that conclusion either. There are plenty of teams, executives, people within the league's front office who think the same thing. And it shows up in every evaluation you do of the interaction between batters and pitchers in this day and age and the way that information has changed that interaction as we've gotten better data on pitcher performance and batter performance. The simple physics, the simple math of the pitched ball and the way batters can react to it the way pitchers and pitching are evolving the only real solution to the problem that those the problems more than one that those evolutions create is to move the pitching mound back i think that had to be experimented with somewhere and i would rather see it done in an independent league where it may draw a few more fans out to the park and help keep that league alive for a while if they don't have, if they can sell fans on the idea that you might be watching the future of Major League Baseball before it happens. You might be seeing the evolution of this game that's been around for hundreds of years. There's benefit on both sides there. And I, I'm happy that we don't have to see the same experimenting happen yet. It may well happen soon, but we don't have to see it happen yet to minor leaguers who have signed affiliated contracts who are scraping and making even less money than a lot of the guys in the Atlantic League and who have invested a lot in a future in professional baseball. I'd rather see the experiments happening in independent ball at least for the time being. And it's an important experiment. 
So I hope it goes well. The other changes are smaller and I think less objectionable. I don't see why anyone would be angry at the prospect of larger bases, which I actually find very interesting. These will be 18-inch bases instead of 15-inch. We're obviously not talking about an enormous change there, but this could help with things like the tiny, you know, minuscule overslides and the, the outs that are not created but revealed by instant replay that never would have been called before when a fielder holds a tag on a sliding runner and that runner comes off the base for a fraction of a moment. It's a little harder to do that if the base is just a bit bigger. It also creates a little more space to separate, for instance, a, a runner beating it down the first base line and that first baseman anchoring his foot to the bag. There are other changes that can improve safety probably more efficiently than this one. But if the league doesn't want to interrupt the aesthetic of the ball diamond, if they don't want to have the softball style double base at first, increasing the size of the bases fractionally is an interesting way to address that issue. The computer-assisted strike zone, that's just a step. It's a modular step, and I know that there are a lot of folks who are worried that the human element will be drawn out of the game, that we'll see balls and strikes called exclusively by robots, by computers in the future. And in the far future, I think that's true. I don't think we're especially close to seeing it happen in the major leagues. And I, don't, I do think that long before we have that happen, we will see something like what the Atlantic League is trying out. There will be a home plate umpire. He'll be assisted by trackman computers in calling balls and strikes. What form that'll take, we don't know. And that's why experiments like this are valuable. But I do think a somewhat automated strike zone is inevitable now that we have the technology to be constantly and objectively evaluating the strike zone. If we can find a way to do it, that doesn't pull the human, at least presence, out of baseball, then that's a positive thing. And this kind of experiment can point us in that direction. The three batter minimum for each pitcher, or I like that it's an or the pitcher reaching the end of an inning. Those are unobjectionable to me. Again, like the shift, I'm not sure, the shift ban rather, I'm not sure this is a rule you'll see actually make it to the major leagues. I don't like the tinkering with strategy, uh, the removal of the option for a manager to play matchups. But I understand what they're trying to do, trying to eliminate non-action, trying to force every player on the roster to be a little bit more well-rounded. Those are interesting, and I'm fine with them, and it'll probably very marginally increase offense and increase the pace of games as they get into later innings all okay with me um again i i'm less concerned about it than i might be if and when i feel it's it's imminent uh, but i don't think that's one of the rules that's going to show up in major league baseball next year or anything i feel like there was one more change oh the banning of all mound visits all mound visits except to change pitchers or check on an injured pitcher that one again i just don't feel like we're going to see that rule in that form in major league baseball i don't think you'll ever see catchers 
specifically and without exception uh, prohibited from visiting the pitcher's mound. But I do think further limits will come. I, I know that's already under discussion between the league and the union for 2020, dropping the number of mound visits allowed per game to five or to four. And while I think it's sort of a silly thing to arbitrarily count, it's just like counting timeouts in basketball or football. Uh, Less important, of course, since those timeouts can be used not only for strategic conferences, but to manage the clock, and that doesn't happen in baseball. Still, I think there will always be some form of meeting allowed mid-inning if it's necessary. Um, They're just going to keep trying to corral that and make sure that it doesn't become excessive. Because for a while there, it was becoming excessive. Again, as we talked about, I think yesterday, uh, the rules prohibiting teams from certain practices that make it easier to electronically steal signs will probably take care of some of that problem on its own. Uh, And we'll see eventually that there will just be one, two, maybe three mound visits per game by a, by a catcher just to manage the moment and talk through what they want to do with the next batter without uh, tinkering too much with the spirit of the game, which is that players be allowed to confer with each other and figure out how they want to attack the next matchup. We'll talk more on Monday. Hopefully there's some news coming because... It's starting to get really late in the game for Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel, Martin Maldonado, Adam Jones, even Carlos Gonzalez. And uh, we'd like to see them get into camp soon. I've also been operating on this theory. I'll just mention it here and we can get into it in more detail next week. Been operating on a theory that we were going to see a little more trade movement during spring training than we have in recent years. Spring training trades used to be more common than they have been over the last decade or so. I thought we'd see a tick up in those this year because of the relative inactivity of the offseason overall, even from a trade perspective. Prospective. Perspective. Sorry about that. We haven't seen it yet, and obviously we're running out of spring. We're headed you know, ever closer to the actual regular season. So we need to start evaluating whether I was wrong about that because if so, I think that has implications that deserve to be discussed just as much as the frozen free agent market. There are teams that aren't operating efficiently, whose rosters are going to be weird and fraught, and they're going to be good players designated for assignment. All these kinds of things will happen unless we start to see a breakup in the, the freeze of the trade market over the next week or so. Have a good weekend, stay safe, and talk to you Monday.